show you around imaginary places. Put the money lumps in my bloody stump. Edible, have a spot in the perfect circle. Hi there. I'm Caitlin Daly Gonzalez, Education Director for the New Haven Symphony Orchestra, and you're listening to Listen Up, the podcast series that shows you how to get more out of the music you love. On each episode this season, we're taking a deeper look at how emotions are expressed in music. Move over, Jeff Bezos. We're stealing your seat and heading to outer space. Our first stop, Jupiter. That was Jupiter, the bringer of jollity. It was written by Gustav Holst and is actually part of a whole suite of music called The Planets. And I don't know about you, but I can't help but smile every time I hear that music. I can just envision Jupiter joyfully bouncing around in outer space. Now here's my question. If you didn't know that the word jolly was in the title, what would you have used to describe the way that music made you feel? Maybe happy? Cheerful? Some other word? What does joy feel like to you? How does the feeling caused by this music make you want to behave? Maybe it makes you want to sing. La 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 la! Does it make you want to dance? Do you smile or cry? When you think of joy, what comes to mind? Is it a happy memory? Perhaps you're like Gustav Holst, thinking about the planet Jupiter. Or maybe you're like me, Team Neptune, all the way. This brings me to the main quandary of today's episode. Do we all express musical joy the same way? I started by asking my friends what songs make them think of joy or happiness. Here's some of what they said. Good as gold. Eleanor, Put Your Boots Back On by Franz Ferdinand. Sea of Love. Sweet Sound by Mike Love. Dat Dare. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Love Train. Ain't no angels around here. Samantha Fish. Hi, a current song that makes me happy is A Girl, A Boy, in a Graveyard by Jeremy Messersmith. Philosophy by Ben Folds. So from these answers, a few themes emerged. The first has to do with the song or piece's melody, that it was catchy or memorable, something that just stuck in your mind really easily, something like... Lyrics that hold a positive message helped, like... The tempo, or rhythmic pacing, of the song also played a big role. Even music that is generally considered sad, like this piece, called Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber, can make you smile when its tempo is turned up. 
within that last sample is something else that came up a lot in the examples my friends gave about music expressing joy. This is a specific moment in a song or a piece of music when a strong downbeat is forced after a short break from a steady rhythm. In the song Dog Days of Summer by Florence and the Machine, there's a particularly joyous example of this technique after the ethereal bridge in the middle of the song. Except Another musical technique that can evoke joy is when simple melodies are sung either in unison or congregationally with other people. Let's lean further into this idea of making music communally as an expression of joy. Sociologist Randall Collins is an expert on what he calls interaction ritual models. Collins writes about rituals as containing four ingredients, bodily co-presence, meaning being in a physical space together, barrier to outsiders, meaning everyone is gathering for a specific purpose, mutual focus of attention, meaning you're all doing the same thing or paying attention to the same thing, and having a shared mood. If an event has these four ingredients cooked up together, then it's deemed a successful ritual. And his research shows that successful rituals can bring about long-term deep joy. I think we have all seen the validity of this theory during the COVID-19 pandemic. There was no bodily co-presence, one of Collins's requirements for a successful ritual, and to activate joy. Gathering on Zoom or doing our favorite activities alone left us lacking. Live art and music were decimated. Concert halls were quiet, and nobody went through the same experience with other people in the same space. Now let's travel away from the Western Hemisphere for a moment. Are these musical techniques and expressions of joy universal across the globe and all cultures? In a study called Cross-Cultural and Cultural-Specific Production and Perception of Facial Expressions of Emotion in the Wild by Ram Prakash Srinivasan and Alex Martinez, they looked at cultural facial expressions across the globe. In the study, they identified 16,000 possible human facial expressions, and interestingly, there were 35 of them that translated across every culture. There are a few that can showcase shock or anger or other common emotions, but a whopping 17 of them were attributed to happiness. That's a pretty telling sign of how important happiness and joy are to us as human beings, regardless of where we live or where we're from. Nordic cultures as a whole are consistently rated among the happiest in the world. In Sweden, their most joyful time of year is midsummer, where they celebrate the longest day of the year on June 21st by gathering in crowds and dancing in circles around a maypole while singing Smo Grudorna, a song about a tadpole with no ears or feet. There are hundreds of videos across YouTube showcasing this in Sweden, and the music is certainly memorable, rhythmic, and catchy. But in some countries and cultures, 
there is some variation from this type of joyous expression. In Japan, for instance, the concept of joy is linked to good luck, moderation, and social harmony rather than boisterous, bombastic feelings of ecstasy. And in Buddhism, it's believed that joy can be cultivated from within through daily chanting. One of the most common mantras to chant is Nam Yo Ho Ren Ge Kyo, which means I fuse my life with the mystic law of cause and effect through sound vibration. While at first listen, that doesn't necessarily sound like it's about happiness. In certain forms of Buddhism, it's believed that the purpose of life is to be happy and that you are in charge of creating that happiness. Therefore, if you commit yourself to that mystic law, you're committing yourself to creating happiness in your life. Singers Yoko Ono and Tina Turner both subscribe to this chant, so maybe we should all give it a whirl too. That definitely sounds different from I'm walking on sunshine, but the intention of both is the same. So we can see some differences across the globe in terms of whether joy is expressed more inwardly or outwardly, but we can also see some similarities as well, most particularly in the idea of community, whether it's Zen chanting, midsummer songs, or a spiritual from church. If you can sing something together or experience it being sung to you with others, it leads to a joyful feeling. The melodies are often simple, easily memorized or catchy, in an easy rhythm, and easy to sing. Let's leave this episode with a tune that we've mentioned before on this podcast. Literally, it's an ode to joy. This is Beethoven's Symphony No. 9, which was one of the first examples of orchestral music that combined chorus and vocal soloists into the context of a symphony. The lyrics talk about joy and the idea of all people across the world being one big community. The melody is catchy, hummable, and memorable, and is sung by a large chorus. Now, as you listen to this clip from the finale, imagine physically being in a concert hall with hundreds of performers and possibly thousands of audience members, all participating in a shared moment dedicated to the celebration of joy. Listen Up is produced by the New Haven Symphony Orchestra and hosted by me, NHSO Education Director Caitlin Daly-Gonzalez. Season 3 of Listen Up is sponsored by Frontier Communications. Our producer is Katie Bonner-Russo. Our recording engineer and editor is Keith Stryaby. Our research assistant is Dr. Sasha Peiser. To learn more about the New Haven Symphony Orchestra's concerts and award-winning education programs, including free quizzes for teachers to use with this podcast, visit newhavensymphony.org.